everyone, Alana here, and it's been a lot of fun making this podcast. I get to talk about what I love, meet some really cool people doing it, and I have total creative freedom. Are you interested in making your own podcast? Go for it, and go for it with Anchor. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more platforms. There's even creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And best of all, it's free. So what are you waiting for? Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. everyone, and welcome to Girl Presses Play, the movie podcast where we talk about films, what we think about them, and what makes them so damn great. I'm your host, Alana Rafferty. Get comfy, grab some popcorn, and get ready, because we're about to press play. And now for our feature presentation. Hello, everyone, and happy almost Turkey Day. I hope you are preparing to Stuff your bellies, stuff yourselves to the gills, and be in a food coma by 4 p.m., which that may or may not be my plan. I will neither confirm nor deny that I plan on just eating all day. Um, But to segue, there is also another activity that is in quite a few people's holiday plans. Sports. Lots and lots and lots of sports, especially football. I will be the first to say that I have nothing against professional sports, but they're just, just, they're just not my thing. I've never really enjoyed like sitting in front of the TV, watching the game. I can never understand what's going on, which I think is a huge part of it. I respect everything professional sports players do and the people that watch them, I totally respect them, but just not my bag. Oddly enough though, I do love sports movies. And Oddly enough, there are plenty of other non-sports people like myself in the world who love sports movies too. Because honestly, name me one millennial who hasn't clapped or cheered during Denzel Washington's speech in Remember the Titans, or a dad who hasn't cried during Field of Dreams, and I will give you a prize of some kind. But what makes sports movies so great and universally loved? I believe that it's really about the fight and the struggle and the passion for doing what you love, which is always in a sports movie, is something that everyone can relate to, whether you want to be a professional football player, a teacher, or a singer. You know, I think those concepts everyone has gone through and can really relate to. So today, we have an awesome guest star, Rich Stambolian of the Mat Men Podcast, who will be taking a look at Rudy and fighting with my family with me, along with a couple of other awesome sports movies like 42, Rocky, and A League of Their Own. Needless to say, there will be some mild spoilers for these films. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did, because it was pretty awesome. Courtney tells us that you're all uh, wrestlers. I wanted to run out of that tunnel for my dad to prove to everyone that I work. What? You see this guy here staring back at you? Yeah. That's your toughest opponent. Every time you get into the ring, that's who you're going against. I believe that in boxing, and I do believe that in life. All right, so our guest today is the co-host of the hit wrestling podcast, Matt Men, and now hosts the upcoming movie podcast, Film Class Zeros, with Alex Caliganis. He is also a photographer and an awesome guy. Girl Presses Play is very pumped to welcome Rich Stambolian to the podcast. Hello, sir. How are you? Hello. Hello, ma'am. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the invite. Thank you for coming on the show, sir. So I guess we'll start with the very basic question of this episode, which is, why do people love sports movies and not just people that love sports? Because I feel like, you know, people who are really interested in the world tend to like documentaries or with movie musicals, like people Mm -hmm. who love movie musicals love them. But sports seems to be like pretty universal. 
I'll agree with that. Uh, I'm going to preface my answer by saying that I'm not exactly John Q quarterback over here. You know, I'm not <laughs> like, I'm not Joe America football at all, you know, um, which is, which is fine. But I think well done sports movies have so much heart. And I really think that that jumps off the screen to anybody who's watching, you know, like a good example would be like, Listen, like my wife's not super into sports. I'm not super, super into sports, but a good sports movie, man, forget it. Like some of that stuff will bring tears to your eyes. You'll feel like a swell of emotion in your chest. And there's so many good sports movies out there that, you know, you can kind of throw a rock and hit any good one. But there's also, that being said, there's also a ton of bad sports movies out there that do nothing for you. That's very true. And I also feel like sports movies is one of those like you forget how many sports movies there are. Cause even trying to whittle down mm. just to, you know, two or three main movies to talk about. I was like, Oh wait, there's a league of their own. Oh wait, there's the replacements. There's Hoosiers. Yep. There's mm-hmm. remember the Titans. There's 42. There's like all these movies. And yeah. I feel like sports movies, correct me if I'm wrong. I feel mm-hmm. like sports movies kind of the tentacles go into a bunch of different other genres, like the bio movie, the comedy, like, if you want to count Jerry Maguire as a sports mm. movie, it's kind of like a romance sports movie. I, I agree with that. It's also like you have a movie like Moneyball, for example, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. that I would throw that definitely into the sports genre. Um, another one of my favorite quote unquote sports movies, I'm doing air quotes, even though this is an audio podcast. Like a <laughs> um, one of my favorite sports movies is this movie called The Fan, that was directed by Tony Scott, starring Robert De Niro and Wesley Snipes. And I don't know if you've ever seen this movie, but it's- I've never even heard of this movie, but that's just, it sounds like such a heavy hitter already. Pun intended. Uh, So so like your movie is, is, is Robert De Niro plays this really obsessed fan of Wesley Snipes, who's like this superstar baseball player. And, you know, you have the sports aspect of it. They, Tony Scott does such a great job directing where you believe the realness of the characters, but also like it turns into like the psychopath is after Wesley Snipes, you know, Wesley Snipes' character. I'm not going to give away the reveal because the reveal in the movie is really, really good. But, you know, when we're done here, if you have have the taste to see a sports movie that's not really, I guess, sports centric, you'd probably really dig it. Ooh, I do. It almost sounds like Taxi Driver, but if Taxi Driver was about football. That's a good way to put it. I think, like, I bet you've, have you seen The Cape Fear with De Niro? That's one of those movies that, and I feel like this is a really weird subset of movies that I don't know if uh, I created or is just an actual subset, but movies <laughs> that would come on TNT on like a Sunday afternoon or a Tuesday at 6 p.m. before like your primetime show comes on. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that movie, the Robert De Niro Cape Fear, I've seen in bits and pieces and I've seen them out of order, but I've never just sat Mm -hmm. down and watched the movie. But I could tell you like the beats, you know, counselor. I could tell you all those like big moments. Okay. I thought you were going to say, I put that movie in the category of movies that make me uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it does make me uncomfortable. Like the whole thumb oh, thing. Yeah. I was just like, oh, the thumb thing. Yeah, the thumb thing's crazy. So like, I, I was going to say like, the fan is kind of like Cape Fear, but with baseball in a weird way. Because they can't, they kind of came out like, not around the same time, but like- Oh, it's it was baseball, very, not football. Gotcha. It's baseball, yeah. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's, very, it's a very similar trajectory where like, this guy is nuts and he's after this dude, kind of like Cape Fear where he was nuts and after Richard Gere. Ooh, a question I didn't think of actually until you brought it up. What makes a bad sports movie- Because I feel like I haven't seen too many bad sports movies, but I definitely can think of like one that could have been a whole lot better. Well, what's, what was your thought on that? For me, it's Varsity Blues because it feels so much about, like it doesn't actually feel a lot about the game or the struggle. It's more about the fact that like, I feel like football was kind of replaceable, if that makes any sense, because my friend Sydney, who was on the dance episode, she actually brought up a good point about what makes a dance film a dance film. She says, Mm -hmm. I hate when it's something like Black Swan, where it didn't necessarily have to be ballet because it wasn't about it. It could have been like chess or like, I don't know, it's Shakespeare competition. Like the ballet was interchangeable to what the story was about. And I kind of feel like that with Varsity Blues. I also feel like the women in that movie just had nothing to do. Uh, I think the Varsity Blues is arguably a very popular, not great movie. Yeah, that's it. Like, it's popular. It's one of those, oh, if you like sports movies, yeah. you should watch it. But it's not actually a very 
good movie. Rocky Five. That's my pick for not that great of a sports movie. Ooh. Yeah. Because you have you have the underdog story of Rocky up to Rocky Four. They're all fantastic. He's beating the odds, and then Rocky Five is stupid. You know, like that could have been like you could have taken Rocky out of that movie and put anybody in it, and it would have mm-hmm. been just fine. You know, is Rocky um, Five the one with the sun, with the guy from This Is Us? Or is it the uh, Drogo one? No, Rocky Five. His son is in Rocky Five, but it's not. It's not Milo Vidmiglio. That's mm-hmm. Rocky Balboa. Rocky Balboa is fantastic. That's a good. Oh, gotcha. Uh, Rocky Five is down on his luck. Rocky, and the climax of the movie is a street fight with this dude named Tommy Gunn in the movie, and it's awful. Oh. It's stupid. It's so stupid. It's so so stupid. <laughs> Wow, I was thinking uh, Rocky Four because as beloved as that is, it sounds like also mm. one of those. It's not a great movie. Like it's very uh, pro America eighties. Let's take mm-hmm. down the commies. I think there's a talking robot at some point that like takes care oh, yeah. of the kids. Jetson absolutely. style. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's awesome. It's I I I think like Rocky Four is the epitome of Cold War nostalgia. If you watch it, back, oh yeah, you know? absolutely. And at the time, I think like that movie said a lot about the climate of of the era. But if you watch it back now, it holds up in a weird way. But at the same time, you're kind of like, ooh, this is very black. There's no there's no subtlety in that movie at all. There's no shades of gray in that movie. It's very much like Rocky's American. Ivan Drago is a Russian and they're fighting each other. And then Rocky wins over the Russians at the end of the movie through the sheer force of his American will. And then they're like, they're like, oh, maybe this guy's not so bad. And then Rocky's like, oh, maybe you guys aren't so bad either. You know, and that, that's how the movie ends. Well, again, it's another one of those, like, it could have been about, like, competitive freestyle mm. rapping or something right. as long as he was defeating a Russian. So not, mm. And I actually should also note, and I don't know how other listeners feel about this, just because it's a bad sports movie doesn't mean it's not enjoyable to watch. Like a Rocky Four, where it's so... Right. 80s-tastic, but it's still mm-hmm. really fun to watch and you're not sitting there going like, what is this over? You nailed it. I think there's there's a fine line between like, this is terrible, but this is amazing. I like plenty of dumb, terrible movies, you know? Like, mm-hmm. believe me, like I could talk for hours about every single Transformers movie that's, that's probably made me cry, but <laughs> they're still enjoyable. And I think, you know, like you were saying, to, to kind of bring it back to the sports thing, it's like, a bad sports movie just makes you not care and you wish it was over, you know, because there's nothing more boring than sports you're not into and seeing statistics that you don't really care about. You know? Oh yeah. Well actually another one that kind of makes me think of Rocky four is uh, the Van Damme film blood sport, which Ooh, okay. you could argue is more of a fighting or a martial arts movie, mm-hmm. but I do feel like there is that sports element of the odds are against him and he's got the, it's coming after him and he's just got to win this. And then at one point he becomes mm-hmm. blind and he's, t- and yes, it's like very clear from beginning to end, he's going to win the Kumite, but I do feel like there's a little bit of that sports movie underdog element, just like a, enough of it to be a sports movie. Well, also like the thing with Bloodsport is it's kind of based on a true story. <laughs> kind of, sort yeah. of. They won't see me doing air quotes either, but kind of, sort of. Kind of, sort of. I think, I think it's the same thing with Rudy, where that is based on a true story also, but the truth is stretched like oh, yeah. just a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, like according to... The actual Rudy, he he said, ninety-two um, percent of that movie is true. Okay, that's not a bad percentage. I'm sure that other ninety-two is like we combined a character to mm-hmm. like we co- combined a couple of girlfriends to make the Lily Tomlin character. Or, you know, we kind of fast-forwarded a little bit here and skipped over another part. Um, yeah, but yeah, Rudy's really interesting too because I was thinking mm-hmm. about this, and I think it's why. I thought of Rudy and fighting with my family because I feel like they're two movies that really talk about the element of privilege in sports. Like, can your family afford to send you there? Like, what kind of sacrifices do you and your family have to make in order Uh to be able to play the sport? Because I just remember that scene where Rudy, I forget exactly what happens, but he can't really afford to stay on campus anymore. So then he ends up sleeping Mm -hmm. in the janitor's quarters. That whole thing, I feel like, adds to the heart of the movie. And Mm -hmm. it basically was, in a nutshell, he wasn't smart enough to get into college. Mm -hmm. But because 
he really wanted to play football for Notre Dame, he educated himself to the point that he got into the community college that was like the sister school, I think, of Notre Dame, right? Then he got a job as a janitor and kept telling the head janitor, who was also like a gestalt of a bunch of characters in this guy's real life. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. And his name was Fortune in the movie played by Charles Dutton, who I will always call Rock because of the TV show. Um, (laughs) But like he's, he's he's the head janitor and like he sneaks in, he's sleeping on the cot in like the janitor's break room. He's taking a shower at the other school and it's because he saved, he saved all his money for tuition because he comes from like, I don't want to, I don't think it was a mining town. I think it was like a mill town, you know, I think it's a, I think it's a steel mill town and it's in Indiana. It's an, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Indiana. That would make sense. So I think he, like in the beginning of the movie, they established like you can get a job at the mill you'll be there with your family and friends and everybody's going to look out for you. Where else are you going to get that? Stop thinking mm-hmm. about going to college. And it, it wasn't even so much as like, we can't afford to send you to college, but it was like, who do you think you are to even want to go to college, especially Notre Dame, because we watch them every Saturday on TV. You're not good enough to be there. And that's basically mm-hmm. what every, at, at a certain point in that movie, everybody tells Rudy that, not, not even, they're not even talking about football. They're just telling him, you are not smart enough to go to college. When was the last time, when, when was the last time you watched it completely? Completely? Yeah. I would say last year, but I think the okay. problem is in any other like time last year, be like, oh yeah, last year, but you know, there's pre-COVID and post-COVID. So I think oh my, God. <laughs> my brain space just like went through, but I wa- rewatched a couple of stuff. I ro- rewatched the scene where he comes back home and Lily Tomlin starts dating someone else and she didn't even like bother to call him. She's just like, I'm sorry, Rudy, it happened. I hate, I hate to be that guy, but I wish Lily Tomlin was in the movie. It's Lily Taylor. Thank you. Oh my God, not Lily Tomlin. <laughs> it would have been amazing if Lily Tomlin was uh, was Rudy's fiance at one point. Like, I'm sorry, Rudy. Thank you, Lily Taylor. Um, Twenty year old Sean Astin with uh, with like co- comedy Lily great Tomlin. Lily Tomlin as his fiance. I'd I'd watch that movie. Oh, I would watch that movie in a heartbeat as well. Um, thank you for correcting me, Lily Taylor. Yeah. yeah, where Lily Taylor is just like, I'm sorry, Rudy. Like mm. now that I think of it, that's also like a decidedly American cast. Not to say. Mm that sports movies have like a problem with not casting like Americans as their big figures. But I remember looking up, I was like, oh, almost everyone is from the U.S. I got something to say about that, but I want to, let's, let's make the, 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 the Rudy thing. So his dad tells him, you know, like the privilege factor, like you can't make it. They're telling him he's dumb. He kind of, he, I don't want to say he plays it dumb in the movie, but he's kind of like a simpleton, I guess. I don't even know if that's an appropriate well, I think word also to a use. part of it too, because I was just thinking about this, is that he's not, mm. he's not super intelligent, but also he's not wildly athletic. It's not like, right. <laughs> a good contrast is when they cast Chadwick, the late Chadwick Boseman in 482. You take oh, forget two it. seconds of looking at the guy, you're like, oh, of course he's going to be amazing with his like giant biceps and broad shoulders and like perfect demigod yeah. physique. Like, yeah. of course he's going to be good at everything he does. Right. Super handsome. This guy's believable. Jackie Robinson. Yeah. Perfect cast. Like you never doubt great. Chadwick Boseman being able no. to do things as Jackie Robinson. But when you see Sean Aston, you're just kind of like, I don't know. Like, but, but that's mm. the story, right? Like that's the story of Rudy. Yeah, he yeah, was like absolutely. a five, six, like nothing. And he was playing, he was trying to play with the big boys. The, one of the, the fascinating aspects of the whole story is that like they concentrate on the fact that like he doesn't come from privilege he he comes from a working class family he had to work to get into college he's not that great at football but his heart overpowers every single obstacle in his way now i'll tell you my little rudy story i went to i'm not i'm not a rudy in any way i am terrible at everything so uh, I would I would, I would say <laughs> I would say you're fabulous at many things. Thank you, thank you. Um, I went to a Catholic high school, right? And every time there was like a sub who couldn't come in, or if there was like a break in class, or if we had, let's say we had like double period physics and the teacher couldn't make it, right? Mm-hmm. For some reason, the gym teacher in our school was also like kind of half in charge of like the AV stuff. So he'd wheel in the monitors into the classrooms and all that, right? Mm-hmm. Every time there was any kind of like lull, they would put Rudy on. <laughs> 
Like, it, and I, it makes sense, you know, very Catholic movie because of, you know, Notre Dame, he goes to Holy mm-hmm. Cross Community College and all that stuff. But in high school, I got so sick of this movie because that's all. <laughs> of course, like, I asked you to talk about it. <laughs> they, no, 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 it's fine. I think it's hysterical, but like they would play it so often, like ad nauseum. And I got it. You know, like the first time I saw the movie, I was like, I get it, you know? But then after the 10th time sitting in a classroom, but the thing about that movie is when he gets picked up at the end of the movie, every single kid that I'd watch that movie with in the class would go bananas. You know, like they love it. They would get so into it. And I'd be like the weird like guy in the corner just being like, ah, F it, hate you, Rudy. (laughs) (laughs) Like this is stupid. But I get now I get it as an adult, like watching it back. I'm like, you know what? I get it. I get it. Fun movie. Not the best movie. No, you know, great cast, like, um, weird cast connections too. like John Favreau is in it. This is the movie where John Favreau met, uh, Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn's in it for like two minutes before he started devolving. Pre-swingers Vaughn and Favreau. Right. Pre-swingers. This is the impetus for them to make swingers. And this is like, it's also made me think about like people always say like when did Vince Vaughn hit hit a wall, like in terms of his looks, and I'm like you know what arguably it started in Rudy like he started like developing. I don't think he's a bad looking guy. <laughs> no, he's not a bad looking. And funny dude. enough, he's in yeah. both movies or both featured mm-hmm. movies today, Rudy and Fighting with My Family. Exactly. I also so, wonder like my first thought was oh I feel like the character he plays in Rudy is like almost what he grows up to be in fighting with my family. Oh, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. So like he, he's in it. Um, if you're an exorcist fan, father Karras is in the movie, John Miller, like the actor who played father Karras in the exorcist. Oh he, yeah. Yeah. Like he's coach Abe Parsegian in the movie. Mm-hmm. Oddly enough, he's from Queens and so is John Favreau. Very interesting. Like, connection there you know you know what i think actually makes the movie rudy more than anything is that soundtrack jerry goldsmith man uh jerry goldsmith jerry jerry goldsmith did sorry to cut you off i got a lot of caffeine today i apologize um he he did the movie i think he had a hand in doing the music for hoosiers and that sounds right i'll look that up but that sounds right and I think he may have been nominated for an Academy Award, and that's why they got him to do the to do the music for Rudy. Very interesting, though. When Rudy starts and you start hearing like the theme, it kind of sounds like the theme from The Shire, and it made me second guess. Like, wait, Jerry Goldsmith didn't do the Hobbit movies, uh, the the Lord of the Rings movies, did he? No, that was James Horner, I think. Yeah. But so, you're right. He did Hoosiers. He uh, also did the Rambo franchise. Okay. Yeah. I think he did Total Recall. No, actually, no. Yeah, he did. He did 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 Total Total Recall. Recall. And then one of his last films he did, it looks like, was The Lost World Jurassic Park. But yeah, that's the one thing. It's not that the Fighting With My Family soundtrack is bad. It's just Mm. more kind of like there in the background. But I also think Florence Pugh is just a goddess, as always, in that movie. And Vince Vaughn's actually really, really good. I liked his character a lot. I also think they used a lot more visual storytelling in that movie, if that makes sense. Like, the scene where she's in her room Mm -hmm. and she's having that, I don't know if I can do this moment, and literally every single WWE poster in her room is of a guy. And it's that very subtle messaging of, you know, she doesn't have any female heroes to look up to. So how does she look at someone Mm. and go, oh, if they did this, then I can do this. Right. Well, I I think that that was maybe one of the, not subplots, but like that was certainly one of the points in the movie where she had to become her own hero, Mm -hmm. you know, and like get herself on the posters. Like Fighting With My Family is an interesting movie. I feel like they took Paige's story and then wrote a biopic of a person that didn't exist i've heard that a lot (laughs) like very hardcore i've actually heard that very hardcore wwe fans don't like the movie also because of how they do the training isn't Mm -hmm. actually very true to how they train wrestlers in wwe like they can look at and go no that's not that no they wouldn't let Mm -hmm. you do this if you weren't up to that level yet so non-wrestlers actually like it a lot more than wrestlers or wrestling Mm -hmm. people yeah you know like as as a standalone flick great you know honestly Mm -hmm. like i i think this might just come with age now where i can see fighting with my family and if i had like a kid like a 10 year old or like a you know between the ages of like seven Mm -hmm. and above i'd be like you know what it's a great kids movie 
good, Agreed. I know, good actually, lessons. Yeah. I actually told a couple of parents that when I used to teach Taekwondo, I would say, oh, mm-hmm. maybe like when they're a little bit older, but especially if you have daughters, this is a great movie, especially because mm-hmm. there is so much about kind of like what we were talking about with Rudy, actually, mm-hmm. what a sports figure looks like. And right. Florence Pugh is not fat. Clearly, she does not have mm-hmm. a weight issue or is unhealthy or anything like that. But, you know, she's like a very normal looking pretty girl compared yes. to all these like cheerleaders that are 5'10 and like don't have any ounce of body fat on mm-hmm. them. And I thought like how it explored body image within sports was such an interesting thing to look at, especially from a female perspective. I wish I could speak more on that, but uh, I don't have a female perspective, you know? Um, That's okay. You have an enlightened, wonderful guy perspective. I appreciate that, but I'm going to agree with you. And I want to further the point to that of, I don't know how you feel about it, but I feel like they acknowledge that difference very symmetrically. They didn't say, hey, you have to look like this, otherwise you're going to fail. And they didn't say, you don't have to look like anything. You know, it was very like, you can set out and do whatever you want to do as long as you put the work in kind of thing, you know? Yeah. I also did like the scene on the bus where they were, it, you think they're talking about Paige mm-hmm. Florence Pugh's character, but then it turns out like they're talking about one of the girl's daughters and she mm-hmm. goes, Oh, I'm sorry. Like, I didn't know. I didn't know you had a daughter. And they go, yeah. Cause you never actually took the time to get to know us. So I right. thought it was very symmetric in that way too. Like, yes, they were kind of getting in her own way yeah, yeah. of succeeding, but then also she didn't take the time because of how they look to actually treat them like human beings. It's very fascinating, you know, like, mm-hmm. and from my, from my, <laughs> this is going to sound very weird coming out of my mouth, but from my own experience too, me and my buddy Alex, who I'm doing film class zeros with, the main people we hung out with in college was the girls volleyball team. And these are all like five, ten, six foot tall mm-hmm. women, you know, athletic. They were fantastic. They're some of the funniest people I've ever met in college. We got to know them, right? Everybody else who kind of came in contact with them, it was a different story, you know, like, and it was almost that like, well, you didn't get time. You didn't take time to get to know us kind of thing, you know, where it was like very judgy and very like mislabeling just because of who these people, what these people look like, you know? So there's that perspective and they address it in the movie and I thought that was great, you know, but then it's like neat little package at the end, you know, with everybody. Yeah, which I kind of think like with the exception of very few mm-hmm. movies such as, what's the one I was just thinking of? Oh, like Friday Night Lights where it's not, okay. not the movie, I should say, not the TV show where it's really yeah. not in any sort of neat package whatsoever. I feel yeah, like yeah. that is somewhat inherent to the sports movie is that you do know what the ending's going to be because you go to a sports movie for that little neat package. I do like that aspect of it. And, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm a positive guy and I like positive things, you know, like I, I would say I cry during 90% of movies. Even Rudy choked me up a little oh, bit. Oh, if you don't yeah. cry during Rudy, you're not a human. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, it's kind of, you know, uh, up uh, on a side note, up didn't make me cry. Uh, but we could talk about that another time. <laughs> Ooh, that's our yeah. Patreon episode for November. Up, yeah, exactly. is it good? Question mark? Uh, so like, I think people love sports movies for that reason. One of those reasons mm-hmm. is you kind of get to live vicariously through these people. You know how it's going to end. You know it's going to, like, he's going to hit the home run. He's going to make the touchdown. He's going to do this and that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you're going to know where, like, these people end up or whatever. I think the Sandlot, is a good example of like, that's another kind of genre bending movie where it's sports, it's a family movie, like it's a great kids movie. Um, I know, for example, like my wife loves The Sandlot. Mm -hmm. I've seen it a few times, great. But that movie does have that neat little package ending and you're like, oh, this kid ended up doing this. This kid ended up doing that. And it's a feel good kind of movie, you know? Yeah, I feel like A League of Their Own is exactly like that after. There is Mm. some not neat stuff. Like if I'm remembering correctly, I'll just look it up on wikipedia real quick but if i'm correct gina davis's husband leaves her because she starts spending too much time playing baseball and like basically being her own woman and he's in the army and kind of expects like a very stay-at-home wife 
Because I remember there was like an overall happy ending, but then some of them also went through the personal stuff. And my first thought was Gina Davis's husband leaves her. A League of Their Own, I've only seen A League of Their Own once, and I think I rented it on VHS in like the mid-90s. <laughs> um, but the like the, really the only thing I remember from League of Their Own is Tom Hanks. Aw, Tom Hanks. Yeah, that actually has a really all-star cast that everyone forgets about. Madonna, mm-hmm. David Straven is in it. Mm-hmm. Bill Pullman plays uh, Gina Davis's husband. And I it's think Penny, Penny, Penny Marshall directed. Yeah, I was about to yeah. say Penny Marshall's in it as well. It's Rosie O'Donnell. It's like a very heavy hitter cast, but I would say mm-hmm. because of the there's no crying in baseball scene, 99% of people wouldn't be able to name like anyone else in the cast except Tom Hanks. Oh, forget it. Like, all right. So that's another good example of like, when you think of one-liners from sports movies, two come to mind. One, there's no crying in baseball. Two, if you build it, they will come feel the dreams. Mm -hmm. And I think you need, it's a very interesting, like sports movies are very interesting in that regard. You know, like it really, like the, you have to unpack the layers of the feel good quality of what makes a good sports movie. I would consider A League of Their Own a fun and good sports movie, you know? I think in the last few years, my pick would be 42. Like, I love 42. I think 42 is fantastic. Such a good movie. Uh, I remember seeing that on a plane just be i remember seeing that thinking first of all he's going to be a star he's clearly going to be a star like there's no if ands or buts about that and i also liked how much they showed the struggle with not just like playing the sport but also Mm -hmm. as a, a man of color in a predominantly white sport figuring out how he like represented his community but also kind of stayed true to all the shit that was being tossed at him. It was very topical. And I think like it, the, the movie, they did a good job with the movie. I really enjoy it. Um, mm-hmm. I think they, they addressed so many issues that were still current at the time, mm-hmm. you know? And even if you watch it now, it's another one of those sports movies that if you can keep unpacking the layers of that movie and everybody's performance in the movie, I think everybody did a standout job. The cast is amazing. Chadwick Boseman, phenomenal job as Jackie Robinson. I think one of the out of nowhere casting choices was Harrison Ford as Branch Rickey, um, mm-hmm. who, who let, he helped break the color barrier. You know, you're like instrumental in breaking the color barrier in baseball, you know, yeah. and Harrison Ford just delivering on that level, you know, after being a veteran in the industry, fantastic. You had Alan Tudyk, you had, um, I, I always say- remember, and I know this is very, this is dating mm-hmm. me a little bit, but Ryan yeah. Merriman, who was in a bunch of Disney films, he was in like the 13th year and the luck of the Irish. He was yes. like the Disney channel, pretty boy plays the baseball, like one of the only baseball players that actually treats Jackie Robinson, like a mm-hmm. human being. And he was really good in it as well. Uh, yeah. 42 is probably my pick for like, most modern very good sports movie and i'll throw creed in there also i think we watched creed together right oh yeah we watched creed together and that movie was freaking i don't even know like specifically what made it so good i mean first of all i love philly i really just love the city of philly i think the people are great Mm -hmm. i feel like the town is really fun um but i love that it felt very grounded in the place it was in and i feel like that's what made Creed as great as Rocky is that Rocky felt very yeah. grounded in its location and mm-hmm. what the location is in real life. And I feel like Creed did a pretty good job of that as well. Very believable. I think Creed was, I mean, like the least believable aspect of Creed was him being Apollo's son, you know, yeah, because it was absolutely. Like, that was like the MacGuffin that they had, they built the movie around and you mm-hmm. know what they, it's fine. They got there, whatever, who cares about the DNA in the movie, but the story that they wanted to tell, I think outweighed like the box that they were in. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if, if I'm, I, I don't think I phrased that correctly, but like the, the story, the weight of the story itself was better than whatever dumb device they could come up with to have this guy be Apollo Creed's son. Yeah, like all the good stuff in that movie outweighed the kind of, Mm. I don't want to say ridiculous MacGuffin, but the oh, come on now MacGuffin. And I feel like it's weirdly kind of like Midnight in Paris. It's one Mm. of those movies where you either buy into the thing or Mm. you don't. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, And Creed is such a fun ride. I haven't seen Creed 2 yet. Neither have I, but I'd be really interested to see it because they as Drogo's son or Drogo's protege, they hired like an actual heavyweight champion 
yeah. to fight Michael B. Jordan. Um, but yeah, I'd be really interested. Lord knows we have more time on our hands, seemingly. So I'd be really interested to check out Creed 2 and see how that compares to the first one or the first Creed, I should say. Oh, forget it. I feel like it's we should uh, we should watch it over the internet. We could do like a watch along. Hell yeah. Love but, that idea. Uh, Creed 2 watch party would let's be do really it. thing. You I'd be into it. Movie I also just thought of, which I feel like is... Again, it falls into that weird border of sports movie and fighting movie that I think is super underrated is Girl Fight. It was Michelle Rodriguez's like very first movie and she plays a girl living in New York City that discovers the underground boxing scene and trains and gets like really good. And I haven't seen that movie in a while, but it was like early nineties back in the kind of gritty Sundance days. And that's a really good one if you can find it, Girl Fight by Karen Kusama. I'm going to check that out. I vaguely remember this. I am looking it up right now mm -hmm. and it's very familiar. And yeah, you're right. This, this was like, I think the movie that put Michelle mm -hmm. Rodriguez on the map, right? You know what I re realized we need to talk about because I am a girl in her late twenties is in Bend It Like Beckham. You talk to me about Bend It Like Beckham. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you've never seen Bend It Like Beckham? No, no, I've seen it. I just, I have no, I don't have, I don't have good recall for Bendit like Beckham. I remember, and this is going to be very middle school girl, but I remember <laughs> loving Bendit like Beckham because one of the lead girls was super flat chested. Okay. He looks like me. Um, but I have always really loved that movie. I loved it when I first saw it with my mom. I loved it when I rewatched it like five years ago. And I think I even recently rewatched it pre COVID, but within the last year or two. And I thought, it was so interesting how much in fighting with my family kind of does this, how they deal with the family's expectations of someone okay. versus her love of the sport. Okay. I okay. mean, in fighting with my family, it's a lot more, it's not as in contrast with her desire to do wrestling. There is a little bit of like no pressure, but your family will be much more financially well off if you become a successful wrestler. Uh, but with Bendit Light Beckham, there's a lot more what do you mean you show your bare legs to strangers? There's a line in the movie like that. Or what do you mean you got to miss your sister's wedding for a big game or something like that? Yeah, I just thought like the struggle for her literally just to physically play soccer mm -hmm. because of her family's expectations, I thought were really, really interesting. And Creed kind of plays with family expectations too. Yeah, I think, I think maybe that could be another layer of the sport movie the expectations that are put on the main characters 42 had it creed had it league of their rudy own has had it. it rudy has it fighting with my family has it mm -hmm. bennett like Beckham. would you consider bennett like beckham a sports movie oh yeah absolutely sure, right? okay um i only saw bennett like beckham i think on tv like when it came to network so figure like early 2000s i've seen it maybe one and a half times i think you're thinking of keira knightley yes Okay. Yes, Kira um, Knightley. Because that was also Kira Knightley when she was really young. Like she couldn't have been older than 1920 or something like that. Probably, if not younger than that. Because right after, I want to say she was younger than that because I think the next, the next big thing she was in was the Pirates movies. Yeah, that sounds about right. And that was like a few years later. I friggin' side note. This guy loves those Pirates movies. <laughs> I, I haven't seen all of the Pirates movies, but mm. I... Pirates and National Treasure are two of my go-to, like, I want to watch something exciting and fun uh -huh. without, like, too much investment because I know everything that's going to happen are basically the early aughts Jerry Bruckheimer films. I feel like that could be another episode. Early aughts oh, yeah. Jerry Bruckheimer films. Yeah, talk to me about Con Air. I love uh, Con Air. <laughs> talk to me about Coyote Ugly, which that's is, your... like, his weird one-off. So Bennett Lake Beckham is, you know, like the family pressure you have in Bennett Lake Beckham is very much like the expectations of, you know, I think she was a Sikh, right? If I'm not wrong about that. Like, dad was a Sikh, yes. Okay. So you have like that kind of predetermination of what a female is supposed to do in that culture. And then in fighting with my family, it wasn't so much that, oh, you want to be a wrestler, you can't be a wrestler. It was you're a great wrestler, but your brother's going to be the star because this is a male dominated industry. Mm -hmm. And then I think there was a nice conflict there where it shows that he wasn't picked in the tryout and she was picked in the tryout. I thought that whole storyline was so interesting because I feel like you don't see a lot of that in 
not just sports movies, but like the success movies where, you know, someone becomes a star of some kind, mm-hmm. the other person who is going on that journey with them, but just doesn't get to and how they found happiness and peace within themselves. I thought that was a really important is a big word, but I feel like there are mm-hmm. so many people like that, you know, having been in the acting world for a very long time, you see those people that try and try and it's not a question of talent or anything, but whether they like it or not, like Vince Vaughn says in the movie, like you're the journeyman and there's no way you're going to change that. Right. Like you're a good hand, but your ceil- you've already hit your ceiling and that's it. Right. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed fighting with my family. It's again, I'll, I would watch it again. Um, I would say it's on the better end of a sports movie because it's so niche, you know, like you don't mm-hmm. really get too many movies about pro wrestling. Yeah, you really you know? don't. And I feel like, I don't know if this was a choice of the filmmakers and just for context listeners, um, WWE did produce it, but then the writer director, Stephen Merchant is British. Right. So I don't want to say, Oh, there's a cultural difference, but I think there was maybe a little more like, let's kind of take away some of the specifics of wrestling. Mm-hmm. So that way it does feel a little more approachable for a non wrestling audience because, and I don't think this is okay necessarily, but I do feel like as someone who is, watched WrestleMania with you, learned a little bit more about the wrestling world. I feel like Mm. for a lot of people, there's this like, oh, I don't know wrestling. Like, it's really weird. I don't want to approach it. I feel like it's really toxic or bad or something. It's a turnoff for most people. Yeah, it's a (laughs) turnoff. It's a huge turnoff. For whatever reason. I don't know. There's, it's usually, because like I've been doing that, that Matt Men podcast for so long. And also like my friends and family know I'm into wrestling and all that stuff. But it's also like, I'm not going to convince anybody to try to watch wrestling, you know, like on my own personal level. Cause I have found for my, the entirety of my fandom, it's a turnoff for most people, unless for, by some kind of magic, they see a live show somewhere and are like, Oh, I get it. You know, I think that's Mm -hmm. if you really like, I think it's like a party atmosphere. If there's like the creation of that party atmosphere and you really are like, what's going on now? What's going on now? There's been so many people that would come over to my place for these WrestleMania parties and a handful of them would be like the significant others who are just coming to have a party and drinks and all that. But then they'd end up on the couch just being like, I never knew it was like this. This is crazy, you know, and Mm -hmm. they kind of get hooked after that. So that's the interesting aspect of it. but you can't that would be a whole separate movie as opposed to what how Stephen Merchant wrote this film which had an outstanding cast you had uh I don't know if I'm pronouncing her name right Lena Headley I think it's Hetty it's Hetty there is discussion whether it's Hetty or Heady most people honestly just say Cersei Lannister right 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 it's like Cersei Lannister was great um Nick Frost Lena, mm-hmm. uh, Cersei Lannister, Vince Vaughn's in it, mm-hmm. and Florence Pugh is fantastic. You know, like she's 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 so great. And this oh is yeah, early career too. You know, like Midsummer, Fighting with My Family, two great flicks. You the know, trifecta, the trifecta of 2019 yeah. Florence Pugh, Little Women, Midsummer, yeah. and Fighting with My Family. Yeah, and you know, like Midsummer is like is is such a weird, fantastic movie, and this is also a weird, fantastic movie. And Little Women is like weird period piece. You know, she's great in this one. She really she she played an excellent page. I don't think there was anybody else who could have played her in this movie. Everybody else, and like you know, Nick Frost as. The dad and Lena Headey as the mom, also perfect casting choices. I, don't, I think er- everything else in the movie was superfluous to those casting choices. You know? Oh, yeah. And they, Jack Loudon, who plays the brother, is really good, too. Oh, yeah. He's fantastic. So Fighting With My Family, like we were saying, interesting flick, great flick. Um, really good sports movie in the regard of, like, you're really cheering for the main character. Um, I want to touch on something kind of interesting, too, because the movie was produced by The Rock, right? Mm-hmm. So The Rock, for people who don't know, was a former pro wrestler. He may show up at some point here and there, but he's made his career over the last 10 years being the biggest movie star in the world. And this dude has made so many friggin' sports movies that it's, I, th- I feel like he's made more sports oh, movies you're than, right. than any other actor, right? Like mm-hmm. I- I'm looking at his, uh, I'm looking at his filmography and it starts with Gridiron Gang. Rock has made Gridiron Gang. He's made a uh, game plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I think the Tooth Fairy 
also because he was oh he, yeah he played sports in that and then you had pain and gain which is kind of i i would say it's a sports movie it's about like bodybuilding he was a body you know bodybuilder it's sports like um, sports like ballers which is fantastic on hbo six seasons of ballers where he's a sports agent you know i feel like ballers is that one hbo show that I don't want to say no one watches it, but it's one of those shows that you forget is still a thing. And then when someone says, oh, you have to watch Ballers, it's so mm-hmm. great. Because I feel like every Zoom call I've ever gone on, it's, oh, oh, like, introduce yourself, where you're from, and what show are you binging right now? And at least uh, yeah. one person in every Zoom call or every other Zoom call is like, oh, I'm watching Ballers. It's so great. You know what's funny about Ballers? I really don't want to, I'm on that bandwagon, but I don't want to express that I'm on that bandwagon too hard, but it is so edible. That show is crazy edible. Like, well, it's you got can, John David Washington in it too, right? He plays yes. like the quarterback he represents. He's awesome. Um, like he's so good on the show. Rock is good. Rob Corddry's awesome on it. It's, it's one of those like very bite-sized, I would pitch that show to anybody who's really not into sports, but likes something that is tangentially related to Mm -hmm. sports that doesn't get too crazy with it. That's funny, well-made, well-written, well-shot. You know, it's so bite-sized, half an hour episodes. I think at the beginning of the pandemic, I binge watched every season except for the last one. Just like, this is... And I kept turning around to uh, Vicky, my wife. She used to QC shows for HBO like years ago. Right. Mm-hmm. So she QC'd most of ballers at some point. And I would just be eating my, be eating my cereal in the morning and being like, it's so great. You ever see this? And she's like, yeah, I watched them all. And I'm like, oh, it's so good. Let's check this out. It's the rock. It's the rock. Oh, <laughs> if we're talking about sports TV mm-hmm. shows for a second. We have to take a moment for glow. RIP glow. Oh. Bring back glow. If mm-hmm. not in the whole like season, at least a two hour movie finale. Oh my God. I would love glow to come back. It was, it was awesome. It was awesome. That's, you know what? That's how you get people into pro wrestling. You forget fighting with my family or any other pro wrestling movie that's out there. Put on glow and tell me you won't be addicted to it after the first two episodes. Agreed. I also feel like it was such a cliffhanger. Mm -hmm. I also feel like it's a really sad note to leave Alison Bree's character on. Who's basically just like hanging on to a dream that clearly needs changing or refreshing or judging mm-hmm. and comparing her to Debbie uh, Betty Gilpin's character who is kind of like finding herself and finding her new groove and gaining her power and Ruth is just like so mired in what she wishes her life would be like, oh, I don't forget want it. her to end on that I do think I want to make uh, two points here I do think it's going to come back in some form you're going to mm-hmm. get that finale maybe it'll be a couple of years from now but it's going to happen number two you use the word judge question for you how do you spell zhuzh ha that'll be fun <laughs> give me a whole patreon mm. episode how do you spell zhuzh i spell it the way i see it in my head g-u-u-g-e wow okay G-u-u-g-e. g-u-u-g-e if i if i saw that written down i'd say googe <laughs> but, but give I, it a I, googe. uh we were out of town a couple of weeks ago and there was a a barbershop I shouldn't say barbershop. There was a salon. <laughs> there was a salon. <laughs> and we walked by it and the letters said J-O-O-J. And I was like, huh. Zhuzh. Interesting. J? I would say juge Or like okay. juge. 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 Give it a juge. I think it's a combination of both. It might be J-O-O-G-E. It could also just be one of those words that like you can't spell because it's such onomatopoeia that no one actually thought about how to spell it. Ah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Very smart. Wow, we're really, we've gone from sports movies to judging. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta keep people entertained. Gotta just keep them on their feet. Um, are there any sports movies we haven't talked about that you should think we should talk about? Ooh, um, I could talk to you like how you said you can talk to me for five days about Midsummer. I could probably talk to you for five days about Rocky, like the first Rocky movie and the Rocky character. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't want to, I feel like it's too much to get into. Um, any given Sunday, really, really. Oh. That was in my notes too. Um, mm-hmm. So I remember, um, like, I, like I was telling you at the beginning of the, of the show, I'm not Joe America quarterback. You know, 
Um, but I remember seeing any given Sunday in 1999 in the movie theater and being completely blown away by it. Right. Mm -hmm. And I've seen it a couple of times since then. And I do think that's a sports movie that's worth another watch. A Oliver Stone directed it. Um, have you, have you seen it? I have not seen it. I would say check out any given Sunday. I want to read the cast here a little bit directed by Oliver Stone. Al Pacino, Cameron Diaz, Dennis Quaid, James Woods, Jamie Foxx, LL Cool J, Matthew Modine, Charlton Heston, Anne Margaret, Aaron Eckhart, and John McGinley. Like, what? The, the cast in this movie Stacked. is completely bonkers. I remember really, really enjoying the movie. It's a really interesting look at football and kind of like the drama that comes with it. Lawrence Taylor shows up at some point. Jim Brown Ooh. shows up at some point. Um, Elizabeth Berkeley shows up at some point. Um, it's, it's a really stacked flick. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think that fits into like kind of almost like a forgotten sports movie because I've never really heard people talk about it. You know? Oh, it's so funny that you mentioned that because, um, first of all, I feel like the one time you hear it in popular culture is in mm -hmm. Kanye West's Gold Digger. Yes. Like you can see her at the foot of something any given Sunday, blah, 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 blah. But yeah. the other film, I don't know if it's forgotten as much as it's, I don't know if like it just didn't get enough press or enough good reviews by certain people or something, but it kind of went under the radar, but it's really good. It's called The Program. And it's a film from 2015 that is about the Lance Armstrong Team US Postal USPS doping scandal. Ooh, I have not really seen that. It was really interesting because my dad was a semi-pro cyclist for most of my childhood, and we actually mm -hmm. watched it together. And it was really interesting to hear him say, in terms of what doping you would use and how you would do it, and you know, mm -hmm. like what cyclists worry about in terms of like their longevity and stuff he goes yep yep that's true that's true that's true wow so in terms of like like there's a scene where ben foster who plays Lance armstrong basically goes to the doctor that encourages him to do doping oh wow and he starts talking about how um the less fat you have on your body the better you'll do because you can climb up hills quickly okay and my dad was like yep that's true that's wow. right and also, I forget if they mentioned this in the movie or not. I feel like they did allude to it at some point because mm -hmm. of especially male cyclists like trying to get their weight down to excessive amounts. Cyclists, pro cyclists actually have a lot of heart problems because their heart has had to overwork for so long. Oh, wow. But yeah, the program's really great. Uh, Jesse Plemons is in it and he is unbelievable he's so good this is also a stacked cast it's ben foster chris o'dowd guillaume canet jesse plemons mm -hmm. lee pace dustin hoffman laura donnelly and there's one other name i'm seeing oh yeah josh o'connor like pre if i'm correct once upon a time josh o'connor yes. oh no no no. pre the crown pre the crown josh o'connor and directed by stephen frears as well who i believe did the queen very cool. Uh, I love Chris O'Dowd. Also, um, I think Jesse um, Jesse Plemons falls into the category of super obscure actor that is amazing. He's also that guy that is just in all the things. Like he was in The Irishman. Yeah. He was in I'm Thinking of Ending Things. He was mm -hmm. in Fargo. He was in The Program. He was in, Ga he's Bad. in Game Night. He was in Breaking Bad. Like he's just now that guy that's in all the things for whatever reason <laughs> super solid actor oh, he's so in, good. and all the stuff i have i have two two actors that i love that are on that list of obscure mm -hmm. but amazing clancy brown and jeffrey wright amazing they're in a lot of stuff but i don't think comparatively nobody knows who they are um it's funny that you mentioned the program because there is a 1993 i thought you were going to talk about the 1993 football movie called the program with james Kahn, which is not a great Oh, interesting. So it kind of goes full circle in that regard. Because in 1993, you had the program, not that great. And you also had Rudy in 1993. That's so interesting. I also kind of feel like, because I just realized this when going over our list, it feels really mm -hmm. easy to come up with like a football or maybe a baseball movie. Mm -hmm. But then there's plenty of other sports where it's either there's just no movie about it or the sport itself, like cycling, is kind of in the background or gymnastics. Like, I feel like gymnastics hasn't had 
it's great like sports movie if that makes any sense i'll agree with that i'll agree with that uh, that's yeah gymnastics is tough i think like you'll have the the genre is so interesting in that like let's say you had hoosiers which is a basketball movie and then you don't really have mm-hmm. too many basketball movies that really stick out like i mean white men can't jump does that count as a basketball movie does Hoop Dreams counted as a basket, like a really amazing basketball mm-hmm. movie. The Air Up There, that's another. Yeah, or what's the movie. other one? Uh, Coach Carter, is that more of like yeah. a teacher, like inspirational teacher movie, mm-hmm. or is that more of a basketball movie? Air Bud. Uh. Uh, classic, <laughs> iconic. You yeah. can't talk about sports movies without talking about Air Bud. Space um, Jam, another Space Jam. basketball movie. Uh, baseball flicks, there's a, there are a dime a dozen. Football flicks are a dime a dozen. But then you have like the Bennett, like Beckham's, the program, but 2015, uh, the mm-hmm. program about cycling. Um, I'm sure they're out there, but they're not going to get as much attention as, let's say, like a really amazing football movie or TV show. Um, I would like to, I, I feel like there's definitely probably like an amazing movie about like badminton or cricket. Oh, I'm sure. I'm or, sure there or, is. Or, or golf. curling. Golf or curling. Oh, there's, lot, there's lots of great golf. Well, there's lots of great golf movies. Really? You know, Legend of Bagger Vance. Oh, that is a golf movie. I was only thinking of the Shia LaBeouf one. Uh, Happy Gilmore. <laughs> Caddyshack. Caddyshack. But I also feel yeah. like that's another movie where like the sport is kind of the background for all the shenanigans that are happening. Like Bill oh, Murray could be Caddyshack. on over on any field. It didn't have to be a golf field. He could have been anywhere. Oh, 100%. 100%. Um, and then you had um, Miracle about hockey. I think that was with Kurt Russell about the, yes. I want to say the 1980 hockey Four? Team. Is it 80 or 84? I have a weird feeling. Yeah, Miracle. It was about the 1984. Oh, I got to mix it up because it came out in 2004, but it was, you're, you're right. It's about the 1980 Olympics. Right. Uh, Mighty Ducks. Oh, I haven't watched that one in a very long time. Uh, there's a, there's, there's like a lot of, you know, like slap shot, arguably the greatest hockey movie of all time. 1977, Paul Newman. Wait, Paul Newman was in a hockey movie and I had no idea about this. Yeah. Are you a big, uh, Paul Newman fan? Uh, love Paul Newman. R.A.P. Paul Newman. Even like up to his very old age, I was like, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm still into him. I don't care how old he is. I'm into him. He's very charming. I feel like there's, there's a certain amount of Americana charm that comes with Paul Newman that's very, very underestimated in today's cinema, you know? Agreed. Agreed. I feel like he also really had that, like, very specifically American star quality, for lack of a better word. I think if you took out all the negative qualities of Steve McQueen and added, like, a a whole lot more charm, you got Paul Newman. I agree with that. I don't dislike Steve McQueen, but I Mm -hmm. agree with that. Very rough, like Steve McQueen, very rough, rough guy, rough around the edges, like man's man, you know? If you remove that aggression, a lot of the aggression, and put in a, like a big dose of charm, Paul Newman, you know? Yeah, like, I fully agree with that. Butch and Sundance, Cool Hand Luke, The Sting, The Hustler, like Color of Money, like he, he was an odd favorite. He was also, he's probably also my favorite actor from that era, um, as opposed to like a Robert Redford or like, mm-hmm. like even like, or like that style, like a Richard Gere, I feel like has always tried to be like Paul Newman, you know? Yeah, but I feel like around the Chicago era, he found mm. his own thing. You know okay. what I mean? Wait, I feel like Paul Newman was in another sports movie and I'm blanking on it. I'm going to Google it. Paul Newman sports movies. Because I Are feel you? like Slapshot. Oh, interesting. So some people count The Hustler as a sports movie. It is about pool, yay or nay? Uh, I'll say yay because it, they're, it's hard to like. It's hard to quantify what makes a sport, but I feel like if you're having a competition on a national level mm-hmm. at some point, like definitely, like like yeah, I would say pool is a sport. But by that definition, would you consider poker a sport? Because pool is arguably. Mm-hmm is a little more physical than like the world series of poker, you know? Yeah. That's what I was going to say. I would almost put, um, poker on the same playing field as like chess. So like the queen's Mm. gambit, which is a series, I think a series that just came out, like is just a sport. And I feel like, and granted there is thought that goes into football plays and basketball plays and, you know, wrestling matches and things like Mm. that. I do think 
the amount of physical to the amount of mental that you have to have going on. Mm-hmm. First, it determines whether it's a sport or more of like a game. Okay. That makes sense. So like I wouldn't consider chess, st- chess movies sports movies, but I would consider like ballet movies or a lot of dance movies. Like there's this great documentary called Step, which is about mm. um, an all-girls step dance team in Baltimore. I would kind of consider that a sports-like movie because they have to practice and there's weird team dynamics going on and there's the big competition at the end. I feel like that's mm. another big thing with sports movies is that there's always a big competition in like the last half hour of the third act. There's, yeah, there's always that big crescendo at the end of the movie where you're like, oh, he's gonna, you know, even Teen, teen Wolf 1 and Teen Wolf 2, is he gonna do it, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> or even if you want to like consider it a sports movie, bring it on. There's the big cheer match at the end. Yeah. Um, would you consider, no, Perfect Pitch was, a, was not a, a cheer movie. No. Uh, bring it on is a good example. Um, the, I'm going to go back to Rudy for a second too, because the interesting thing with Rudy is that like he didn't win anything. Right. Like his whole thing was uh, he wanted to come out of the tunnel at Notre Dame with the rest of the team. He wanted to dress with the team. He wanted to be involved in one, like all he, all the guy got was one play in the game pretty much. Right. And legit, Mm -hmm. I think real life too. Like he, he was involved in like one play after Notre Dame had beat Georgia tech, like tremendously, you know, like the game was over. Um, Rudy got carried off the field because of his heart you know so it wasn't like they won everything you know mm-hmm. they already won it was just like the feel-good story of like this kid you know like this guy and it's also kind of interesting too because like when you look back at that movie if they if the tone of the movie was different the character of rudy would have been a psycho because <laughs> he's You're right he would have been like delusional about the fact that he's not the best player but he's not like incredibly into like he would be seen as it would be more of a like ambition at what cost sort of movie i think it would be if if the tone was slightly different it could have been like an incel like he was like some kind of like weird incel who was blaming everybody for his problems and who was just like i'm obsessed with with this and i need to do this and you don't understand like that's the dark gritty hbo 2020 remake of rudy oh forget if i think if this movie was was remade now it would be way more dramatic and I feel like there, like so many creative liberties would have been taken. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know? He would have won the Super Bowl if it was made in 2020. <laughs> like but a Michael Bay. Like the Super Bowl at what cost? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I think we've covered a lot of ground, Mr. Stambolian. Do you have yes. any last words you want to say? Oh, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. This was a lot of fun. I'm excited to hear more episodes of Girl Presses Play. And I hope to be back on if you'll have me. If I didn't do too terrible a job. No, you did a wonderful job. I would love to have you back on again. And this was a super fun conversation. And I will see you next time, sir. Oh, um, where can the lovely listeners follow you on the socials? My primary social media handle is at BTC Rich on Twitter. If you're going to come and find me and hang out with me. That's pretty much it. Like I tweet about comic books and movies and pro wrestling and all that fun stuff. Video games too. Nothing heavy on my Twitter feed. It's just stuff that I like. So come find me there. Yay. Thank you so much for coming on and hope you have a wonderful, happy and safe Thanksgiving. Eat a lot of food, either watch a lot of sports or watch a lot of sports movies. Well, I'm thankful for you. So happy I'm, I'm thankful that you came onto the show. Among Aww. many other things, I'm very thankful that you came onto the show. Uh, awesome. Thank you so much for having me again. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you. And that is our show. I hope you all enjoyed that discussion. I think we all learned a few things today. I know I did. And that is when you think you remember the movie, you probably don't. Especially if, like Rudy, you watched it before quarantine. So, yeah, just double check those movies, guys. Rewatch them. We got plenty of time on our hands. Thanks again to Rich Stambolian for stopping by. And thank you all for listening. I hope you all have a wonderful and safe Thanksgiving holiday, whether you'll be celebrating with loved ones in person or over Zoom or Google Hangouts or some sort of video chat this year. I know I'm very thankful to have you folks who listen to the podcast every week. 
For me, doing this podcast has been a really big way of just getting through the craziness of the times. And and you, wonderful listeners, have made doing this podcast an even better experience. So I'm really happy about that and thankful for you folks. Thanks again, and we will see you next week. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to check back every Tuesday for new episodes and be sure to check us out on our Patreon page where you can support the show and get some really cool exclusive stuff for doing it. A very special thanks to our Patreon supporters, John F., Variolo Fencing, LLC, and Helen Rafferty. For news on upcoming episodes, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Girl Presses Play. The show is written, produced, and hosted by Alana Rafferty. Intro music is composed by Asha Iwanowitz, and our logo design is by Mark Sauve. Thanks again. See you next time. Girl, press is playing.